0: Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events around the world in golf. Today we look ahead to a huge week at the Zozo Championship and hear from Tural Hassan's home club.
1: Hi guys, this is Ben Wiesberger and welcome to the Golf Monthly podcast.
0: Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, brought to you in association with Titleist, the number one ball in golf. For more, visit Titleist.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. My name is Tom Clark, and as ever, I'm joined by Elliot
1: Heath. How are you doing, Elliot? Hello, Tom. Yes, very good. I'm in a a great mood this afternoon, as I've just finally passed my driving theory test. So I'm halfway to getting my licence about eight years too late, which is, uh, yeah, awesome. (laughs) Well, congratulations.
0: I'm sure everybody is uh, chuffed for you on that. But to be honest with you... um, anyone can pass your theory test to be honest with you uh you do say you're eight years too late how old are you now 25 so do you know how old i was when i passed my driving test
1: have i told you you, you yeah you were older than that weren't you yeah yeah i was, uh, Living I, in
0: was the city. I, I didn't pass my driving test till i was 30 so you still got five years on me so uh, <laughs> uh i wouldn't worry about it too much but uh well congratulations well done I haven't passed my theory test today. I've got all kinds of action going on at home where I've got the builders in because we're having a loft extension started. So uh, if it sounds a little bit echoey, it's because I've had to move all my my furniture out of where I usually do the podcast. So, uh, But I'm surrounded in in dust, but uh, it's all good. I'm glad it's got started. So very exciting times.
1: Um, Elliot, did you play any golf last week? Yeah, I played on Sunday at my home club. Uh me and my friend won a match, uh, just a casual one against my dad and my other mate. Uh, got the three beers and um, won two and one, I think. So, yeah, really good. I I parred the first five holes and I thought I was on to a really good one. And then uh, probably had about 30 points. But, yeah, it was uh, a very good day. I think the wind was about one or two mile an hour. So it was just absolutely perfect. Didn't even have a jumper on. So, yeah, not many days like that left this year.
0: No, but it's amazing, you can still, there's still the odd one you can get in where you go, if you get a nice, uh, I'm actually looking outside at the moment and it is windy, but there's, there's not many clouds in the sky, and it's really nice, so there is the odd day where you can just, if you get lucky, you can still get everything, i to play golf, can't you? Um, before we um, look at the tournaments this week, we'll just change around slightly, because we always obviously talk about us playing golf at the start of the week, or as it usually turns out, you playing golf and me not playing golf um, as, as it usually is but obviously uh, there are things happening at the moment around the country and we're hearing uh, we heard today that golf courses in Wales will be shut down again on Friday and that's horrendous news isn't it you know golf's been doing so well recently and it's a real blow to those clubs isn't it that this is something they're going back into lockdown hopefully for only a couple of weeks but back into lockdown again on Friday
1: Oh, yeah, that's that's tragic for the, the Welsh, and we are very sorry for that. I remember at the start of lockdown, when our courses closed all across the UK, I think we all sort of understood it, whereas this time, on our social media channels anyway, the reaction has been nothing but anger and disappointment. So, yeah, two weeks with no golf for the Welsh. Hopefully it's only just two weeks and not more. But, uh, yeah, that that's a massive shame. Especially at this time of year, as we've, as we've already mentioned, because there isn't maybe that many good days ahead. If you
0: suddenly have a wet winter or a wet late autumn, actually, you might miss some of the best days to play golf. And actually, when you come out of that lockdown, you might not be able to play it anyway. Um, I think it is you know, is a shame. And I think it, I think the most disappointing thing is that for many people, they've shown that you know, actually, as we always always knew, you can actually play golf and be very
1: socially distant from whoever you're playing with. And it's shown to be be safe, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that's why there's so much anger. But um, if the whole country shuts down, you can't say everything's shut. But golfers, you can still go and do what you love because, you know, you're more important than everybody, I guess. If you're stopping essential journeys, then oh, sorry, non-essential journeys, then you can't travel to the golf course because you might break down. You're going to need to go and get petrol or, you know, all, all sorts of things like that. So oh, it's just a, a terrible situation in what has been a terrible year.
0: Yeah, and uh, uh, that's absolutely right. I mean, we, we obviously want everyone to do the right thing and to keep as many people safe as possible. But um, it's uh, obviously is a really huge shame and it's something which obviously does affect a lot of people and uh, we feel for you out there. Let us know how you're feeling about everything. Uh, you can contact us via our social media, at Golf Monthly on Instagram and Twitter and Golf Monthly Magazine on Facebook.
1: Or, you, of course, you can email in golfmonthly at futurenet.com. So yeah, on that on that subject, during the the lockdown in the UK at the start, my girlfriend was um, quite happy that she got to spend a little bit more time with me, especially at the weekends. And now she yeah, she really doesn't want the golf courses to close because she is suddenly obsessed with golf. We've been going to the driving range twice a week now, and uh, it's yeah, it's very funny how her idea of golf courses closing have just completely turned around in six months.
0: I thought you were going to say because she was fed up with having to hang around with you at the weekends, and actually she just wanted you to get out of there. But um... <laughs> oh well, that's great, isn't it? I mean, isn't that fantastic that there's you know there's there's uh, someone there straight away, you know, who who's thoughts about golf and has actually you know taken up the game uh, because of lockdown. And that's kind of the positives. There are so many of those positive stories
1: around, isn't there? So that's great to hear. I mean, you know, well, yeah, it's um, it's so good for our mental health, like. We just go, we don't look at our phone once for like an hour and a half. We get a bit of fresh air at the range, just hit balls. You know, it's so mentally stimulating for her as well as a beginner. It's, um, yeah, it's such a great sport. I love it. And everybody listening to this podcast loves it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And there has been other positive news. We heard uh, some more positive news today from england golf they we found out that um they've given over 2.5 million pounds to golf clubs around the country actually they were very oversubscribed for this weren't they i think there was 700 applicants i think um for the, the grant fund and i think they were only able to give it to about 350 or something like that but still there's 350 odd clubs who have managed to get a bit of money Uh, from the R&A, which is is great to just try and help these clubs survive during these tough times.
1: Yeah. um, Initially, you might think that this is just money helping to, like, plug holes in golf clubs' balance sheets. But I think it's actually to help them develop and grow their strategies for the future. So I think the money will be used for future-proofing, like um, card sorting out card payments, sorting out new technologies to help them Mm move forward and secure their future so yeah um we had England golf CEO Jeremy Tomlinson on the podcast probably six weeks eight weeks ago and he was really positive about the future and and how golf clubs are adapting in this environment I think that's really helping them achieve that
0: yeah I mean that's it and I think you're you're right you know this is you know it's this is this is money going to golf clubs. You think? Well, actually, golf clubs are businesses. Should they be getting this help? Well, actually, anything that can help any golf club at this time, I think, is is really needed. There is so much uncertainty that's gone on. Uh, we still don't know where we are with things. As we've already spoken about in Wales, you know, think of all those golf clubs who think they're out of the woods through the tough times of the national lockdown and then they're back into it again and they're losing out on revenue again. So, um, you know, it could affect so many different things, including members and stuff like that. And um, we're going to hear from a golf manager, a general manager of a golf club, shortly when uh, we hear from Harleyford Golf Club, where Till Hatton was a member. So we're going to chat to those guys uh, after we've talked about the um, results from the weekend. And find out again what um, what's been going on at a grassroots golf club. But as I said, we're going to chat first about what happened that weekend. So starting off on the PJ Tour as we usually do with the CJ Cup, Jason Kokrak won his maiden PJ Tour title. His 233rd start beating Xander Schauffele by two at Shadow Creek in Las Vegas. He carded a bogey 364 on Sunday, featuring eight birdies and ten pars. Kokrak is now up to career high. 26th in the world and has finally got the monkey off his back and got a PJ Tour
1: victory. Um, I thought he played very well. Yeah, uh, amazing final round. Eight birdies, 10 pars, up against Xander Schofle. The pair of them, I think, were seven under after 14 or something. And then uh, it all kind of went wrong for Schofle and it all went right for Coke Crack after that. Yeah, we've, we've known he's a long hitter for a long time, but we've kind of seen him, I wouldn't say bottle stuff, but just just not show up when he needs to and I thought he had a brilliant US Open last month I think he was tied 17th there probably fell away a little bit over the weekend but it's evidence that he's playing the best golf of his life now and yeah that finish was just so clutch in such a big tournament as well you think to get your your first win you might win uh, like an opposite field event or or just a standard one but to win a purse of what 10 million dollars I think it was total he's, he's probably an An awful lot of money there, an awful lot of world ranking points. And to be 26th in the world is, uh, yeah, quite amazing for a a player like coke Crack.
0: Yeah, so he first came off the scene really around 2011, where he won a couple of times on the Web.com Tour, as it was at that time. Uh, And since then, uh, he's had about 30 top 10s, including three runner-up finishes on the PGA Tour. But he's never managed to get that victory. So he's always been one that we've been looking at and people... Uh, know that he's more he's got more than enough talent to win but he's always just hasn't quite managed to get over the line so it's really good to see and you know it's a big win when you're actually half your world ranking so you went from 53rd in the world to 26th in the world um so you know that's obviously his highest ever world ranking position as well and i thought he played very well the thing i wanted to talk about mostly though about the pj tour was shadow creek which looked absolutely spectacular it's a obviously a bonkers place because it's this oasis in the middle of the desert obviously just you know just north of the strip at las vegas and um the pros were absolutely loving the conditioning of the course i thought the course also actually was set up really well with actually some quite penal rough at some points as well i thought it was a spectacular looking course and i wouldn't be surprised if we see that quite a lot more over the coming years
1: yeah it did look great the condition looks next level but uh that's probably because of money and i guess i don't really think many people get to play it it's quite exclusive isn't it for sort of las vegas high rollers is it owned by like mgm or something
0: yeah you can usually only get on to it if you're in an mgm hotel you can get on it but i think the big thing at the moment is because vegas obviously doesn't have a huge amount of people there for the first time ever because of of covid so i think there's just the foot traffic around the course has actually just not been as uh, as high as it usually would be. Not that I, th- I think it's that high anyway. But um, I thought it looked a bit, you know, <laughs> that, that 17th hole with the waterfall in the background on the par three. Did you see that earlier? <laughs> yeah, that, that was uh, a beautiful That's, hole. Like <laughs> Vegas hole. I think every, uh, i played a few golf courses at Vegas and every single golf course has a par three with a waterfall on it so uh it's uh you know it is a little bit showy it's not really very natural it's uh it couldn't get further away from where golf was founded but um you know it looked like great fun and i thought the, the course played really well and i thought the guys played really well i thought kokak putted particularly well on the sunday and he was under a lot of pressure wasn't he playing with chauffele who i think probably was a favorite to win going into the final round wasn't
1: he yeah yeah of course uh i think Kokrak led the field in strokes game putting for the first time in his career so that's evidence of just how well he rolled it and uh, yeah, Chauffele just made a mess of the 16th, that mm. 630 yard par 5 which I, I think is brilliant, I love seeing par 5s playing as actual par 5s instead of just driver 9 iron so um, yeah, like that was a, a really tough test and yeah, good on Kokrak there was a, a lot of people up by the lead and he was the the one that Kind of won it, didn't he? He didn't win it by the back door. He went out and won it and played brilliant golf. Yeah, I thought he was.
0: He thought he was excellent. Uh, a few other people we should probably just touch on. Uh, Rory McElroy looked to be having a decent round on the Sunday and then fell away uh, quite dramatically over the final few holes. Still seems to be having a little bit of trouble with his putter. Uh,
1: possibly, but just I don't know. It's he's so. You can't really say he's inconsistent when he's a top four player, but you just you never really know what Rory's gonna turn up this year, which is a shame. And uh yeah, he needs to make some serious improvements if he wants to um
0: he doesn't seem to be able to so we we set up you know, Koko had had eight birdies and ten pass. You know, it was spectacular golf, played really well, very, very solid. When's the last time that Rory had a round where he didn't have a bogey? You know, it's He seems to always have a bogey in him at the moment. He's obviously got a million birdies within him um, and he can score so heavily. But you always have a feeling that he's got a bit of a, you know, uh, he's going to have a hurdle to overcome a hole down the line or whatever it is. And I just think he needs to try and get back to just being slightly more consistent. You know, maybe just trying to hit, just get a few more pars. I don't know whether it's because he's always chasing it. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Um, I mean, I love watching Rory play golf, but um, I think he could probably take a bit of a look at how Kokrak won that on Sunday and actually how he won the tournament and maybe maybe take a take a close look at it.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know about Rory, to, to be honest, at the moment. He's, um, he's had a couple of good rounds. I remember he shot seven under in Mexico, I think in the first round, and then he also shot 65 at the Travellers after COVID. But apart from that, it's been distinctly average from him. And yeah, you're just not surprised anymore to to see him way down the leaderboard, which is uh, just just so wrong for arguably the best player in the world. But he's got so many good players around him now. Like Morikawa's world number four now. You've got Tyrrell Hatton playing the best golf of his life. DJ showflake. There's just so many of them. So yeah, we, we need to see a bit more from Rory. Yeah, and and obviously people will be saying,
0: oh, are we being a bit harsh on Rory because you know he's just still a spectacularly good golfer. You know, I'm, I'm just looking at his, his, uh, his results for the year. He hasn't missed a cut. He's had six top tens. Not had a bad year <laughs> at all. He hasn't missed a cut since the Open in, uh, at Royal Port Rush. So, you know, it's a long time to go without a missed cut. And um, uh, we, we, we do expect him just to be a little bit better than he's playing at the moment. And hopefully that will come. I think, he, yeah, I think he just needs a bit of consistency around it. Um, anybody else that you wanted to talk about at the CJ Cup? Justin Thomas, I thought, played pretty well, but then he also faded away, didn't he?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, Russell Henley had a three-shot lead into the final round, so I thought he might have got, got it done because it's been a long time since he last won. Um, and, yeah, that was an amazing stat about Rory there that he hasn't missed a cut all year. I didn't actually know that. I would have thought that he had. Um, and then Tilra Hatton, I, I, I spoke about him on, last week on the podcast. Um, in reference to the CJ Cup, I don't know what the flight time is to because I've never done it like twelve hours or something, isn't it? But uh, to to go and finish tied third in a, an event like that with such a strong field after winning at Wentworth was really special. I thought.
0: Yeah, I mean, Hatton must have been on a lot of caffeine. I think last week um, it is a bit of a mission. I think it's I think it's eight hours. Maybe that's maybe it is longer. Maybe the time difference. I don't know, uh, but it's a it's a it's a fair whack over there i tell you so um to um to, to play as well as he did fair play to him he's just he's just rolling it really well isn't he he's another one who's putting just putting the lights out of it every every week isn't he so i think he's playing very very solid golf and he, he won't, he's one of those guys who will not want the year to end i think he's just thinking every week he's going to have a chance of uh of finishing top 10 at least so um Let's, let's hope he does, because he's always going to see a Brit doing well. Um, we're going to move on quickly onto the European Tour. The Scottish Championship happened at the weekend. Adrian Otegi won his third European Tour title at and Andrews after shooting nine under par in the final round. He finished four clear of 54-hole leader Matt Wallace. It's Otegi's first stroke play win on the European Tour after wins at the Paul Laurie match play and the Belgian knockout. Uh, and what can you say about those two stats? Is, There's is a stat about those two wins. Can you remember what they are? Uh, what are their match play events? Yeah. What about the what about them in particular? What happened those weeks? Uh, I've got no idea. <laughs> I, I picked him to win both of those. Oh, um, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. He's, he's a brilliant match player. And I remember being able to pick him out of both of those. So uh, it's very good to see him win a straight play event. And he was... He played amazingly ten birdies in that final round on Sunday. Um so even though Matt Lewis, Matt Wallace sorry, was the leader going into the final round, you know, Wallace just got blown away. He just couldn't he just couldn't keep up with the scoring. And that happens sometimes, doesn't it? You know, you just suddenly get outplayed. All these pros are incredible when and, and when they're on, they're on. Uh, but it was good to see, wasn't it? Another uh, event up in Scotland. I thought the course looked looked really good and I thought I'd tell you he played really well.
1: Yeah, anytime somebody shoots nine under in the final round. You have to take your hat off and, and bow to them. I, I saw Matt Wallace tweeted something like, "I, I didn't play very well," but um, he would have needed to play very well to to win that. Probably shot um, five, no, six under. I reckon it, it would have would have taken to win. So yeah, um, yeah you have just got to say, "Well done, Adrian Atagi." He was second, I think, at the English Championship and first at the Scottish Championship. So a very good period for him since the European Tour restarted.
0: Yeah, yeah, and he's a he's a very decent golfer. You know, he's always been one of those ones on the radar since he was quite young. I remember him having a being featured in the magazine a few years ago. So when he's first on tour, so um, you know, it's good to see him winning. And uh, yeah, as I said, good to see that. Although there's not these are not huge uh, tournaments in the European Tour with huge, amazing fields like uh, the one that we saw over in America. It's still great to see some of these well known names playing and um, and doing very well. Um, Including uh, the guys that we've been seeing playing well and someone who we've mentioned already is, of course, Till Hatton, who's up to ninth in the world after his tied third last week. But it seems everyone's been actually not talking about his performances, but about what he's been wearing, especially the hoodie that he's wearing at Wentworth. It it's continues to rumble and rumble and rumble. And it's something that all that does happen with uh, dress codes. Some clubs actually came out last week saying, actually, you know what? these hoodies are banned on our course we don't want to see them whilst others were speaking out in favor of them one of those was hatton's home club of harleyford so elliot spoke to their general manager jack slade on monday and they chatted about the hoodies but also some great stories about hatton him winning the club championship and also how he used to work behind the bar so check out this little interview which elliot had with harleyford general manager on monday
1: Hi, Jack Slade. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome to the Clubhouse. Uh, so last week, you got in touch with us about Tyrrell Hatton's hoodie. You are general manager at Harleyford Golf Club in Marlow. Yeah. So basically, members at your club have been encouraged to wear hoodies. I think the captain has bought a hoodie himself. I think you said. Uh, yep. And this is this is whilst um, some clubs are saying they're unacceptable golf attire. So it's quite a big debate at the moment.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's it's uh, it's quite a fun debate, I think. Actually, you know, uh, the I think maybe if uh, if Tyrrell hadn't done so well at at Wentworth last week, um, uh, the the debate not might be so fun. But uh, yeah, no, now he now he won. It was it was was brilliant. You know, Um, I I was watching the the, the end of the uh, game, and and my captain texted me to say, "All right, I've already bought the hoodies. We're ready to go." So yeah, no, we're absolutely fully supportive of, of wearing the uh, hats and hoodies at Hartford for sure.
1: Yes. So first of all, what was it like watching the BMW PJ Championship and and having a world's top ten player associated with your club?
2: Yeah, I mean, Tyrrell's been uh, a member here for uh, a long time now.
1: Um, you
2: know, back from when he was a junior, winning the uh, club championships. Um, for him to win so close to home uh, was just Amazing, You know, the members are really always really supportive and really interested in uh, Tyrrell. So for for him to win a tournament where, you know, generally in normal times, um, the majority of my members would be watching in person as well. Uh, You know, it was just absolutely phenomenal. And I mean, you know, the lead that he had and the the way he finished was just absolutely amazing. And uh, it's like true Tyrell golf right there um yeah no really good it's really 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 embraced it this year so I'm really
1: pleased with Tyrell yeah that's great so um how long have you been at Harleyford and how long has Hatton been there
2: so I've been at Harleyford uh now for five years just over five years um tyrrell has been here longer so um he's been here uh certainly over 10 years probably quite a bit longer actually as well probably doing him a bit of an injustice there um I know he, he used to uh, one of the um the ladies who work in the office remember him from working on the bar at Harleford, um, you know, sort of like a first job kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, no, he's, he won our uh, club championship four years in a row. Um, he still holds our uh, amateur course record of 65 and subsequently has shot uh, a lot better around the course um, as, a, as, a, as a pro.
1: So, um, yeah, he's got really good
2: connections with Harleford, which
1: is great. That's amazing that he used to work in the bar and now he's uh, a multi-multi millionaire. It's a great story.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, this weekend helped him a little bit, I think, as well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, um, got his uh, Lamborghini coming every year. Does he? And he keeps. Yeah,
2: you can hear that coming down the drive, um, sort of, from when you stood there. He's got his own (laughs) range map at the range as well. So um, when he's, you know, when he's in the country, he spends a lot of time here practicing. Uh, which, which is, is great, great for us, you know, and I think, you know, he's got a real passion for the course, which is uh, a great thing to see for sure.
1: Oh, that's brilliant. Um, right. So, yeah, back to the the hoodies. How important do you think it is as a, a club general manager to encourage a, uh, a modernising dress code?
2: Yeah, well, you know, even <coughs> way before the hoodies, you know, we, always been really keen to be sort of bucking the trend with the dress code situation because i mean it is literally the topic of golf clubs usually um we obviously uh, request that everyone who plays golf uh, dresses in golf attire but we're not specific in terms of what that golf attire may be in terms of the clubhouse we don't actually have a dress code you know i know a lot of places you, know, you can wear a shirt and or, or, or such of that but we don't have that at all just because we want to make Harleford a welcoming uh, easy uh, access place so you know everything like that really really falls into place but the hoodie thing is just literally um, says it all you know I mean Adidas have brought out these hoodies that are supposed to be for golfers to wear and absolutely why not you know it's it, it's something that young people feel comfortable in it's, it's a it's sort of much more a trendy top than some of the golfing tops that we've had in the past um material feels comfortable wearing it is obviously helping him win so i can only see positives from them to be honest
1: yeah so what was your reaction when that golf club up north uh, said that they're not acceptable golf attire they put a uh, an update on their website to tell their members just how unacceptable they are
2: yeah well i mean you know every golf club's different you know i think uh Uh, I think reacting so strongly for that I mean they must have had a a certain experience I guess but you know I mean I I only ever react sort of in the positive and not in the negative so uh, for me you know it was almost the opposite I want to go on my website not that we've got a dress code on the website but I want to go on the website and say hoodies are allowed you know so when I read the article um, I was like you know wow you know they're they're really passionate about this so I guess I should emphasize the fact that I'm really passionate for them you know and I had emails when I came into work on well, it would be last Monday now saying, oh, can we wear them? You know, can we do this and everything? I mean, <laughs> I reckon probably at least 10% of my members have already purchased one. Um, <laughs> I'm talking to Adidas actually literally today about um, stocking them in the shop. So, you know, hopefully it will be, you know, the forefront of golf clubs wearing hoodies, fingers crossed.
1: <laughs> That's brilliant. Such a great attitude. Um, yeah, just a quick one to finish on really. Um How's the year been and has it turned out a lot better than you, you feared it was going to be back in March when the club had to close? Yeah, well, I mean, I remember sat around a
2: boardroom table, you know, with my management team and, um, sort of, you know, basically saying, God, what are we going to do? This was sort of just before the national lockdown. Um, subsequently, you know, we've probably had one of our best years on record for golf. Um, we, you know, we've increased the membership massively you know we've had over 150 new members um the guest fees are coming in thick and fast it's you know getting a tea time now you actually have to log on a couple of weeks before and and book a tea time um whereas before you sort of roll up and everything so you know it's a completely different way of life for both us and for the golfers but one that everyone sort of embraced really positively which is great Um, and hopefully you know it'll be really Uh, actually quite a successful year for our business and for the wider golf community as well because I think golf clubs have have actually only benefited from this pandemic which you know it doesn't sound very uh, politically correct to say does it but you know it's a it's a really great thing for sure. Yeah 150 new members that's incredible. Yeah I mean literally so we, we opened uh on the 13th of may and i'd already signed about five during the time we were closed they couldn't play golf, they couldn't do that 150 new members we've had since then um we did honor all the time lost as well so we actually extended all of our members renewal dates by two months uh to accommodate the time lost during the uh, pandemic just you know because we want to keep our members happy and
1: uh keep them motivated to play more golf Wow, brilliant. Jack, uh, I love your attitude. Very forward-thinking. and um, hi- I've never actually played Harleford, but it sounds like a very welcoming and friendly club. Well, you have to make sure
2: you come down at some point.
1: Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Jack. I appreciate that. No problem at all. Nice speaking to you. You too. So, Elliot, that
0: was a really nice little interview there. Hatton, what, won the club championship four times in a row?
1: Yeah, you see a, a picture of him, and he looks like he's about thirteen years old. So, obviously, a phenomenal player from a very young age. Yeah, that's incredible. Winning it four times in a row. The poor guys who were finishing like top five must um, been quite happy when Hatton turned pro.
0: Indeed, and I think it's great to hear that you know actually Hatton was helping out at the club and and working behind the bar as well. It shows he's, he really probably thinks of quite a lot about that club, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's there quite a lot. When he's back in this country, he's um, obviously ingrained in him as a child. It is fantastic to see. And thanks to Jack for speaking. I I really enjoyed our chat. And I thought his views as a general manager were absolutely fantastic. Uh, With um, golf wanting to target the younger generation, wanting to modernise. And the fact that they've got 150 new members this year is just absolutely phenomenal. I, I can't imagine how busy it is down there now and how it's been a horrendous year for a lot of industries but for this particular golf club I think it's going to be a fantastic year financially so uh, yeah just an amazing story and and a really good club. Yeah and
0: um, as we've already touched on there's obviously been struggles this year but actually from from those ashes you know things do rise out of them sometimes and I think some of the clubs have actually done better than they were expecting actually so um, and usually they're the ones that have been proactive and you know and uh, have a really good club atmosphere. So, well done to them. And um, Till Hatton is playing this week again, uh, this time in the Zozo Championship, which is being played at Sherwood Country Club in California. Tiger Woods is the defending champion, although he didn't, of course, win it at Sherwood Country Club last year. He won it when it was being played over in Japan. And it was a very big victory last year because it was his 82nd PJ Tour title, which means that he's tied with Sam Sneed's record. The event has, of course, been relocated due to the pandemic, uh, and Woods makes his first start since the US Open last month where he missed the cut. But he won't be missing the cut this week because there isn't one. It's just a 78-man field with no cut. There is a huge purse and a huge field. So as well as Woods, there's McElroy, Rahm, Thomas and Morikawa, to name a few. Who do you think is going to do well this week, Elliot?
1: Well, I would have to say... Tiger Woods to win number 83 because he won number 82 last year at the Zozo. Nobody expected it, and I don't think anybody's expecting it again this year. So Sherwood's a great course for him. He's hosted his Hero World Challenge there um, previously. And he's had some success there as well. So yeah, it's uh, it's not going to be such a difficult test like the U.S. Open where he was quite frankly terrible. Uh, he's had quite a lot of time off. So yeah, um, see no reason why. He can't go and light up the leaderboard and and make history this week.
0: Well, do you know what? You said who else thinks that he's going to win. I think he's going to win as well, actually. And do you know when you say he's had some success there? He's won five events there and finished five times runner-up as well there. Now, I know that is in the slightly smaller fields of the Hero World Challenge, but it's a smaller field this week. And also, there's not a really, really deep, strong PJ Tour field there this week. There's 78 men. There's 12 of them uh, invited over from the Japan tour. And well done to those guys. But it's very tricky for those guys to come over and play in America uh, when they may not have had the experience to do that. I think it's the kind of course which we should really suit his game. Um Having looked at a few interviews about it, it's about trying to get the ball in play and then going from there, which I think really helps Tiger out. So I think he could do really well. And do you know what, what odds he, he is this week? He's 33 to 1, which I think is pretty decent value.
1: Yeah, I thought that was very sensible. I had a look and I thought he would be in the top sort of five players. But, but uh, yeah, the bookies aren't really fancying him this week. So there's some really good value to be had.
0: Someone else who needs to be mentioned is Matthew Wolf, who. Um, had a pretty poor week last week after finishing back-to-back runners-up in his two tournaments. Before that, he actually missed missed a cut last week in Vegas. But he is another one who should be suited to this Sherwood Country Club course. Uh, He's been quoted as saying that he's played Sherwood a thousand times. And the reason for that is because he went to high school around the corner from where the course is. So
1: he should be very dangerous this week. Do you think wolf has got a chance? Wow, yeah, that's insight that you, you can only get from the GM tips to there. So, um, yeah, I like that. He he should have come a little bit closer at the US Open. I think DeChambeau just blew him away, didn't he? But yeah. uh, he was also second in his very next start after that. So, yeah, clearly a phenomenal player. Clearly knows the course very well after what you just said. So, um, yeah, I like that. And I can't really see him at very low odds. Where is he?
0: No, no, he's he's, he's another. One. He's thirty-three to one, so he you know he's really decent price. I, I really think that he's going to have a very good week this week, so he's my absolutely headline pick. Uh, and I'm going to give one more pick as well from the betting tips, which you can obviously find by googling golf betting tips. And that is someone that we need to chat about, and that's Phil Mickelson. One point each way, one hundred and twenty-five to one. I've gone for him this week. Uh, he the reason why I've gone for that is because he won again last week on the Champions Tour, um, and I think you know this. Winning is something that you learn and you stick with and you get used to winning. And uh, Mickelson's obviously been a great winner over the years. And although he hasn't done amazingly well on the PJ tour this year, I think these continued victories on the Champions Tour are going to actually have an effect on his uh, game when he plays on the big tour as well. What do you think? Well,
1: well uh, you know, I'm not the, the biggest Phil Mickelson fan. And I think he won the week before the US Open or maybe a couple of weeks before the US Open. And, I don't think he broke 80 in the first round. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be a slightly easier course, you would think, but he's just not the ball-striking god that he once was uh, against these younger guys. So uh, I just don't see it, to be honest.
0: No, that's fair. And that's fair enough. I mean, he's slightly longer odds, and I think he's a good each way bet, to be honest with you, because of kind of what I've already mentioned with Tiger. You know, it's, a, it's only a 78-man field. There's no cut. I think there's about a sixth of the field that you can completely discount as well. So actually, I think he's just a very good each-way chance. Again, if the course is set up as we think, where actually you can maybe just get in position off the tee and then you can attack the greens, then actually I think that might help your game as well. But we'll wait and see. He's, he's long odds. He's 125 to 1. But um, he's obviously having great success on the Champions Tour, which we all thought he was going to. He's probably going to win every time he tees it up. So I think it's, you know, maybe a nostalgic bet, but why not? As mentioned, you can see the rest of the golf betting tips of this week by Googling golf betting tips and clicking on the Golf Monthly articles or go to the Golf Monthly website, golf And we do have one other event to talk about, and that's on the European Tour. and That's the Italian Open, which is being played at Shervo Golf Club, headlined by the likes of Bern Wiesberger, Matt Wallace, Lee Westwood. Martin Keimer, so some pretty big names actually uh, playing. There is a huge drop in prize money from last year, it's no longer a Rolex series event and there is just 1 million euros this week in the purse. Matteo Manassero who won on the Alps tour last month makes his first European start this year. So is Manassero the person that you're thinking to have a look at?
1: Uh, No, not by a long stretch. Just having a look here, I quite like the look of Torbjorn Ollison. I think he won this tournament in 2018 or 2017 leading up to the Ryder Cup this was a, a huge win for him I think he beat Francesco Molinari and I've been really surprised with Ollison obviously he's had a, a long time off due to personal reasons but for me he, he's one of the best golfers Europe has and he's surely due a win quite soon especially in a country that he, he's won in quite recently so forty-five mean- one, he is
0: yeah, as you say, he's obviously been going through an awful lot of things. He's also still got a lot of things hanging over him. So, you know, but hopefully he can concentrate on the golf course. Manassero, I've just looked. You can get him at two hundred and fifty to one, which I think is not a bad bet. Is he for someone who's won quite recently? Um, he's obviously you know won on the European Tour before as well uh, on many on several occasions. So, if someone does fancy Manassero, you can get him at very good odds. The person who I am going to pick this week is. Andrew Annaus, the Spaniard. I think he's a very, very solid golfer. Every time I see him play, I'm really impressed with him. Uh, you can get him about 25 to 1 this week. Uh, he's just one of those solid European Tour pros who um, always seems to be up there in the top 10 when he tees it up. So I think he's a very, very decent shout. Um, as with all the betting tips, you can find out who our tips are by Googling Golf Betting Tips or clicking on the Golf Marketing website and checking out the betting posts. Elliot, are you playing any golf this week coming?
1: Yes, I'm uh, playing on Saturday, and I'm playing on Sunday as well. So, getting my last two rounds of golf in before the clocks go back uh, is that right? Do they go back or do they go forward? I never know.
0: They fall back, spring forward. That's how you remember it.
1: Right. So, so yeah, so, yeah. yeah um, spring go, forward. You
0: get
1: it, it? Yeah, yeah. That that does make sense. Uh, but yeah, you'd have to say it's. The worst day of the year for golfers it always is for me because you know that you can't play golf after work um so yeah let's let's bring on the winter i guess it's winter golf gear week on the golf Monthly website we've got some great winter content from buyer's guides and, and gear advice and all sorts of great stuff like that so uh so yeah it's, it's really starting to get into those winter months now isn't it
0: yeah absolutely and well mentioning well mentioned on winter golf gear week um as you say, it is a bit depressing when the clocks go back, especially if you, uh, yeah, your twilight rounds are kind of out the window, aren't they? So, um, um, But there's lots of golf still to be able to be played if you're allowed to get out there. So uh, if you do need your, to get yourself sorted for the winter, do check out the Golf Monthly website. We've got loads of advice um, and some really good little blogs as well that uh, some of the guys have written about how to get the most out of your gear for the winter. So do check them out. Um, Elliot, I think we'll hear about how your weekend of golf goes uh, next week on the podcast and we may well be celebrating uh, tiger woods's 83rd pj tour title win that would be nice wouldn't it
1: oh that'd be incredible yeah let's let's hope he does it
0: <laughs> indeed so until next week thanks again for listening everybody and we will speak to you then